Hey guys, welcome to the Matt and Des Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. Today is episode two of our two-part episode that we started last week. These were recorded live at the RISE Conference 2019. And today you'll hear the interview with Lori Kaufman of Hope Initiative. And this was such a powerful interview, babe. Yes, it was. I am so excited for you guys to hear Lori. She's one of our best friends and she has a powerful story powerful journey so be blessed be inspired as you listen today let's get into episode two you are now rocking with matt and dez let's go Welcome to the Matt and Des Experience. Matt and Des Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. We're going to invite our next breakthrough session interviewer, uh, speaker, uh, Lori Kaufman to come on up and come on up, Lori. Hi, Lori. Yay. So Lori, alongside her husband, Lance Kaufman, are currently serving as senior leaders at Inspire Church in Lodi, California. She has served in various capacities in ministry over the past 25 years. Lori is the founder and president of the Hope Initiative, a nonprofit organization that is battling sex trafficking through awareness and rescue in San Joaquin County and the Central Valley. She is passionate about building up the kingdom of of God, living a life to the fullest, chasing after her dreams, and inspiring and changing the world around her. So I am really excited about this. Lori and Lance are some of our best friends, so this is really fun. So yeah. We have a history at Lance and Lori. I mean, uh, we're actually going to do a whole separate podcast on this, just about our our relationship, because when we when we did campus ministry, they had planted a church in Stockton, California, and invited us on. It was called the Life Church Stockton. They invited us on to come as a prophetic evangelist and, and do some things, and we were just seeing a great move of God. And then we kind of went, there's a longer story to this, but we kind of went our own direction. And then years later, God reconciled us back together, and we started a new work together, which is very very rare that you have friends that you know have gone one way come back together reconcile and it'd be better than before and and they just are not just I mean these are life friends and it's funny because usually we'll have a if either one of us goes through a hard time we will call them like hey you guys you know you need those people in your life I mean you need those people in your life and oh yeah and sending ridiculous memes back and forth is uh, uh you got to have fun you need those friends you can have fun with and if you don't have fun friends you need to get some new friends so Lori, tell us a little bit about your heart, what you do, and kind of how you got started in that. Um, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you guys. Thank I'm so, um, love you guys so much, and I've been looking forward to this. A um, little bit about myself. Um, we have three kids, and we've been in ministry for a very long time, um, and about I had always heard about trafficking, and um, I had seen the movie Taken, and I thought like I thought that trafficking looked like that here in the U.S. And about five years, so my heart always broke. I would hear reports, and I would cry um, uncontrollably. Like something is wrong with me. There was just something God was doing in me, and um, then I started hearing the reports of what it. Ha- 
it happening here. And recognizing and realizing that it looked different here, you're not necessarily going to drive down the street and see a brothel. You're, you're gonna, it's, it looks different here in the U.S. So um, 18 years ago, Lance and I were in youth ministry, and I had a significant dream. Have you ever had one of those dreams that you just don't, you know that it's significant, but you really don't understand what it means? And I had one of those, and I, I just kind of put it on the shelf like, okay, Lord, one day you're going to yeah. speak to me and explain it. But I know that it's significant because I felt it in my spirit. Well, five years ago, when I started hearing about reports of trafficking and, and what it looked like here, um, and the Lord brought it full circle to me. He said, this is that. This is that. And he, I, he, he spoke to my heart about what I had seen in that dream. And um, I was bringing the church into an arena. And um, we were pulling out young people um, out of being trafficked. And... Um, Long story short, um, my, I, you know, I had worked for the state of California for 20 years, and um, I, I teach our students this when we when we we would have the school of ministry. Is it's so important to be in your present in your season, that season that you're in in the moment. And Joe referenced it just now um, because my heart was I, I had big dreams and big things on my heart, but God knows the process and that we need in our life to so get good. to that place. And I had to make a, because um, I had to quit pouting for a moment um, and be in the season and be in the moment recognizing that what God, God was setting me up for what I needed to know right now. I'm seeing things that I have learned 17, 18, 19 years ago come full circle in my life right now. I, um, I was working in personnel and human resources and labor laws and uh, I was learning health benefits and workers comp and all these worlds um, and I had to just get in it. And then the last eight years, I'm getting excited. Yes, go for <laughs> um, it. The last eight years, um, I was commuting to Sacramento, and I was working full time for the state. And our church was in Stockton, and um, I, you know, I would have some crazy prayer time on the way up and the way back. But um, we felt like I needed to shift this direction. Well, the only thing open with the state in Stockton was the prison. It was youth authority, and so um, I'm like, okay. So I, I I put my application in. I got the job. In the interview, they're walking me through my office, and they're saying, this is your office right here. Like, they're not supposed to do that. And um, God just opened this crazy door in the prison, and I was kind of naive. I didn't really know that world. I knew the office. I knew being professional in the workplace. I knew, I, knew, I knew that world. But then God sent me into the prison, and I had this little alarm on my um, pants. And I'd, <laughs> I remember the very first week, it has to be like upright, so it goes with you everywhere because there's wards and inmates around and um, walking around and so if it flips then they think it's man down and they're going to come find you well the first week I was in the restroom and it fell on the floor and so the alarm it's a silent alarm so I just and they're like ma'am are you okay are you okay Um, so it was a whole new world I was like I'm fine I'm good there's nobody in here but me but God had me on a season and he what he was teaching me was how to shift atmospheres. <laughs> I learned how to bring the presence into the prison. I learned how to release heaven in the prison. I learned, um, God, I, I heard a message from Dan McCollum a few years ago about recognizing your Metron, and it changed my life um, about recognizing the favor that Joe was talking about where God is. And all of a sudden, 
um, I, things that were like three levels above my pay grade, um, God would give me answers for. And all of a sudden, um, the warden would start calling me into their office. And this went through three different wardens. <laughs> they would call me into the office and ask me my opinion about this or my opinion about that. And I was, at first I was scared, like, why am I, you know, because you, you flash to the negative, like I'm going to the principal's office, what did I do? And they would say, I want your opinion about this. And it was so humbling. And God was like, I'm preparing you to speak to kings and queens. <laughs> I don't want your face twitching. I don't want you getting all nervous when you need to talk about something. When you're going to go before legislators, you're going to go before Congress and there's things that I've called you to release. I don't want you fainting on me, girl. You need to get this. So, <laughs> so I learned that season and, I, and, and there came a moment five years ago where my family, they knew that this was a burden in me and I had to do something. I was on fire. I didn't know where to start and I used to be intimidated because um, I, I would always look at what I didn't know to stop me. And God's like, actually, that's a strength. What you don't know is a strength because what we're building together, I need, you need my eyes. You need my perspective. You need to not build with your hands, my hands. I'm just going to use you to do it. And so, um, so we went on this process. My family, like they prayed over me and um, we had a little savings account. There was an investment. It was a vacation fund. Because to launch a nonprofit costs money. <laughs> and um, I knew that I had to, to do this. And um, so the family had a little meeting without me. And they said, Mom, and, and then they met with me and they said, Mom, we need to sow this vacation money into this nonprofit. And uh, we believe in this, we believe in this message, Mom. We know that God has called you to do this. And, um, and so my family got behind me and we prayed over that package. And if you know anything about the IRS, it, it's a process of things going back and forth back and forth and Matt and Des were with me and we I think it was like June and they said it's like a six month process and uh, we prayed over the application and we're like Lord I just throw it out there I'm just specific with with my prayers and I was like Lord for my birthday present in August 17th I would really like to have that IRS letter Lord (laughs) saying that it's been approved I know it seems crazy but that would just be so awesome So lo and behold, August 17th came, nothing in the mail. I was like, oh, man. But I got a phone call from um, Utah. I want to say Ogden, Utah, my phone. And we were in the church office. And I'm like, I don't know anyone in Utah, but I'm going to answer the phone. And it was some lady, some so-and-so from the IRS. And she's like, hi, is this Lori Kaufman? I'm like, yeah. And then, um, and then she said, um, I'm so-and-so. I have your application on my desk. And I had one question. I just, it was a yes or no answer. And um, I just need to know this and that. And, and I said, well, the answer is yes. And she's like, wonderful. I thought, if I could just get a hold of you instead of sending it back and delaying the process, if I could just get a hold of you. Who celebrates the IRS calling you on your birthday? That was me. I had a party. I was bawling. And everyone's like, what's going on? And it just wrecked me. And she's like, I've never had anyone be excited that I'm calling them. But I said, you don't understand. This is my birthday present from God. <laughs> but it just sent me on this journey of um, of. Stepping out in faith, simple faith. I just love, okay, and we've also had the privilege of standing with you from before you even started it and seeing it all unfold. And so it's so, I mean, I'm just going to get emotional thinking about it because it's so awesome what you're doing. But I feel like there's so many of us who have things that the Lord highlights or we have burdens. We have um, compassion towards certain things. And 
And that's great. But then there's others that actually do something with that, right? And take responsibility and personal responsibility and ownership of that and don't just see the problem, but become solution to the problem, right? And I just would love to hear that process for you. Like, I know that God highlighted this issue in you and prepared you, even though you didn't even realize how much he prepared you um, until you stepped into it. But what did that look like for you in taking those first steps? Like, I know you said you, you didn't really even know what you're doing at first, but you were willing. You were willing. What did that look like for you? Wow. Um, well, I, so many times we see a huge problem and it's so big that we are stunted. We don't know what to do, so we're just kind of frozen. And um, the Lord told me to serve my city. And he said, we're going to start there. And so I signed up for every training, every city meeting. I just got myself out there. And I started meeting people. I, I got some girls around me, and we started signing up. We drove to Sacramento. We went anywhere to just get trained and educated on this and how to um, um, just serving our city and just getting involved. And um, there, I remember sharing about the Hope Initiative with a neighbor. And she told me, um, hey, my husband's on this committee and um, with the city, and, uh, but you have to um, get nominated to get on this, um, in this meeting, in this organization. And um, I was like, well, I don't know anyone on that committee. And, um, and anyways, so I was like, Lord, I need to get on that committee <laughs> with the city. I don't know. I'm, these are lawyers. These are policemen, these are school district officials, these are, uh, this is the mayor, these are people that are high profile, and I'm just me, and um, <laughs> and um, I was like, Lord, I need to get on that list, I am not kidding, within like two weeks, and I thought my neighbor name dropped me, but they didn't, I got an email saying, you were nominated to um, come on board this committee, <laughs> Will you come to this meeting? And Des, I remember calling you when I was driving up. I go, I feel like I'm going to throw up. I don't even know what I'm going to say or do, but I'm going to walk into this meeting. I don't know one single person, and I don't even know who they think I I don't even know anything. And so, um, and I remember walking in the door and um, shaking really bad, and there's this big, long table. And there's all these professional people in there. <laughs> and then there's me. And I was like, I'm just going to sit in the back. And um, God's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I prepared a place at the table for you. He said, you're getting, you better sit at the table. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to sit at the table. Little, I didn't know anyone. Little did I know that I'm sitting next to the district attorney's office. <laughs> and we stroke a, a, a relationship. And it just goes on from there. And I'm continually wrecked and in awe of what God is doing. And honestly, it looks like just showing up one step at a time. I, 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 uh, I just get, I just blown away at what, uh, when you just, how powerful your yes is to God. See, we think, it ha- we think we have to have the 10-point plan and convince him to move, convince him to build this with us. No, he wants our yes. And, and the rest just falls into place. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hope I answered that. No, you know, um, one of the things I love that you highlighted and Joe even said it is that many times our past is preparing us for our future. And so there are things that we have done in our past that we just kind of thought like, you know, were mundane or just, 
you know, sometimes, you know, when we did the school ministry, uh, talking to students, oh, like, I don't know why I'm working here because I really want to fulfill this dream. Yes. Not understanding that where you're at right there was actually going to unlock something for where you needed to go. Yeah. And I love how both of you guys are bringing that out because many times, like, for, for instance, for me, one of the things I realized, I didn't realize this probably to about maybe five years ago, that my history growing up playing baseball as a catcher prepared me for what I'm doing now. Because as a catcher, you had to develop the skill set to be able to be a leader for the whole team. And constantly, almost like there's this apostolic side to a catcher in sports that actually prepared me for what I'm doing now. And sometimes we, we forget some of the things that we've done in the past that actually will serve us in the now. So one of the questions I want to ask you, and I wrote it down there, um, have you ever felt like giving up? And how did you handle that disappointment? Um, well, uh, this is a frontline type of ministry. And so, you, I, you know, I spend a lot of time talking to our team about if your spiritual love language is words of affirmation, we got to keep, don't operate in that <laughs> when you're out there because you may, you know, we, we have to be unoffendable when we're going out there. And I think people get discouraged when there's not an immediate response. When, you're, when you are ministering and loving victims of trafficking, it takes consistency. It takes keep showing up. You don't just one hit wonder. You know, no, no. People have come in and out of their life and told them things, but you have to show them. You have to walk it out. And so you can't get discouraged if you're like, well, I said hi and they didn't respond or I just prayed and, and loved on them and they didn't, they looked stoic. But you have to know there's a grace that you, I, you stand in the grace that's on your life and the assignment. And, um, and so I'm, I'm constantly just keeping that in front of the team um, saying, look, um, we're, we, we come, we go out filled up. We're not going out there to get filled up. Now, sometimes things happen, and and there's a radical transformation out there um, on an outreach, or something happens, and you're just like, I'm always wrecked. <laughs> I'm always wrecked that he trusts. You know, I, I was studying um, Hagar, and it said the Lord found her in the wilderness. He found her in the wilderness, and we're called to go into the wilderness. I'm just to tell you, me, I, 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 I'm called to the church, but my, my metron is out there. I come alive outside. I hear God on my walks. I hear him outside. And so um, I, I get fired up when I'm outside. I get fired up when I'm out there. And, um, and, it, and so it's, I know where I'm supposed to be. I know where the grace on my life is. And so I think it helps when we're bringing teams out there to you know, find, you know, make sure that they're uh, unoffendable. Not you have to be authentic. You have to be original. You have to be real because you're not going to break through. And you have to keep showing up. And we, you know, love looks like something to them, and we want to redefine it. Come on, we want to redefine it. You know, Hagar said to the Lord, "He's the God who sees me." And there's a slogan with trafficking you may or may not know. It's called hidden in plain sight. Do you know what that means? It means that there's victims all around us that we don't see. Because we think it looks like something. We think traffickers look like something. Do you know there's women traffickers? 
No, I mean, I had a stereotype when I went into this, and there's women traffickers. And many times, they're young ladies that have been uh, victimized, and then they wanted to flip the role and become a recruiter so they don't have to do that anymore. And so, I forgot where I was going. (laughs) Um, Hidden in plain sight. You know, the enemy would love, um, California is a leading state in um, trafficking cases. Mm. And, I'm, and I, I could come out and tell you a bunch of facts, but um, I believe the report of the Lord. And um, do you know what he says? He, he told me California is a big state. And so, um, and there's big cities in this state. And he said, you know, I refuse to give in to hopelessness. I refuse to give in to the report of the enemy. He would love for me to believe that the media circulation about how California ranks in the highest um, numbers of trafficking. But you know what that tells me if you flip it? It tells me this last year that there's an awareness in people. Right. Because if you listen to the reports, there's airline stewardesses that are catching girls with one-way tickets. Wow. With prepaid phones. There's um, ER um, technicians that are now asking questions. Um, They're trained to separate a young lady from uh, somebody in the emergency waiting room because that's how they manipulate. They got, I got my, I'm going with you. No, now they pull them aside in a separate room and they start asking questions, special questions. So to me, it says that there's a community that's waking up because awareness is happening, because education is happening. And to me, that's hope. That's so hope. Good. Yes. And and if you're able to, could you share um, a few testimonies that you've experienced? You don't ha- obviously yeah. have to give names or anything like that. But even just things that God has done on your behalf, or specific people that you've encountered, or it, just anything that the Lord's done. Well, um, I, honestly, I, I I'm wrecked all the time that um, that God. He just brings the most amazing people of my life. And I'm going to tell you that the most courageous women that I have met are out there. (laughs) They're the ones that are fighting for their life. They're fighting through ailments and, and trauma and abuse. They're fighting through painful memories. But they keep fighting. They keep getting back up. And they keep believing that there's a better day tomorrow. I've, um, it, this journey has led me into prisons. A mom who was a, a young lady that was, her daughter was picked up with a trafficker and another young lady and she found herself in prison. And she asked me, she's in the church, guys. This mom was in the church. But she didn't want to talk about it. She didn't know who she could talk to about it because she was embarrassed and she didn't want, not that the church, but there's, she, was, she assumed that the church would judge her. Um, because, you know, well, whatever. You know, well, how did your daughter end up? I was like, absolutely, we'll go. And Danielle's here somewhere. And um, I brought two young ladies with me because I went the first time. <laughs> and I'm 40-something. And, they, and she's 20-something. And she's looking at me like, what are... Okay, can I just tell you? So I had this one girl... Let's just be real, okay? I had a girl tell me one time. I had coffee with her. This is another one. She goes, what is a 40-year-old BBDB... <laughs> white woman gonna do how is she gonna help me and you know what I said I said I'm gonna be here for you I'm gonna be consistent in your life and I'm gonna love you and you know what happened she um invited me to a spoken word her mother passed away and and part of her healing journey was to do a spoken word and that was to go public with her story and it was in a bar in SAC and so I said Lance 
I need you to come with me. <laughs> we're going to a bar for the kingdom. And uh, he's like, yes, we're doing this. And so, um, so I, uh, we went to the club and there were some interesting folks and they all flocked to him. There was like ladies in like short, they like, he was like the daddy, right? They were just sitting by him. Like he's just safe. He's just like a safe dad. So they gravitated. He's like, get over here, you know, sit on this side. I can't sit on both sides of you, you know? He's like, well, this one's scarier, you know? <laughs> and so, but you know what? That young lady didn't show up. And I was texting her, and I was texting her, and I was texting her. And, um, but God wrecked us that night. What we saw was the kingdom in the wrong direction, upside down direction. We saw prophetic painting, but you know what it was? It was abysses, hearts tied to the bottom of the ocean with a rock. There was worship. It was not kingdom worship. It was demonic. But you know what? They were asking questions. Lance and I were bawling. They were saying, where were you, God? There was more than, there was story after story. There were songs written. And you know what? They were asking questions. Where were you, God? Where were you, God? And we're like, we're here. (laughs) We love you. We're here. God brought us into this world and wrecked our hearts and changed our lives forever. And this young lady, what happened is she had a flashback. And so, um, and things happen. It's a Healing is a journey. I mean, I can tell you Lance and I's journey to healing and wholeness, and for him it was overnight, immediate, but that's not everybody's journey. And so this young lady had a flashback, and she stayed home. But it wrecked her that I showed up. It wrecked her that we showed up to support her, and that meant something. So it means something to be consistent. And back to the young lady in the prison. See, there's more, there's layer, there's more than just the victim. There's the family around it. And when a victim gets restored, if there's a family, um, it, it, life is different for that family. And so um, we're committed to this mom. The daughter is locked up. We were praying heaven down, Danielle. So the next time I brought Danielle and another lady, and this girl was like lit up. She's like someone my age, right? And what happened? We prayed. We prophesied over her. Her countenance changed. She had hope. And so there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother dialogue going in that place, but we'll be back. Our young lady was transferred to um, a state prison. She's not there in the county anymore. Um, but but uh, we're believing for restoration and reconciliation and healing in that family. And we're loving that mama and we're loving that family and we're walking with her. But the most amazing young lady that I've met um, last November, she actually came into our shop. And uh, she changed my life. And she's here today. And her name is Jessica. Jessica, will you come up here with me? (laughs) I I want you to know something. This is... Our first, you know, she's come to me. We, we've been in city things, but this is her first church assembly. <laughs> and what I want you to know is there's a place for you here. We love you. We see you. And we're committed to you. And so I just feel like it's a, her being here is a prophetic sign even to this church, to this house. 
there's young ladies that are going to come in that are going to feel safe. Do you know what she told me today? She said, I feel safe here. (laughs) And I didn't even say anything. (laughs) She said, I feel safe here. She feels the presence of God. I can't tell you this young lady has changed my life. She is the most beautiful, intelligent woman I've ever met. She's fierce. She's a fighter. And um, I have a sign in my office, and it says, um, I want every young, young girl to believe their voice can change the world, and your voice is going to change the world. Yeah. She's writing her story right now. She's writing her story right now. I'm so proud. <laughs> now that we're all wrecked. Got every claim. <laughs> but I want you to see how you're received. Wow. How um lastly, Lori, how, how can um how can we partner with you? Like I know you have Hope Initiative and um how can uh, those who are listening and those in the audience, how can we partner with you? I keep thinking of a scripture. Uh, David said those who are in the supply lines and those who are on the battlefield, when they reap the harvest, they will share it in the like. And so maybe there, there are those here whose hearts are moved that want to partner but can't be on the front lines like with you uh, on an outreach how can they partner with you maybe on a monthly basis? Or what does that look like? Uh, how can people get connected to Hope Initiative? Or maybe they have a heart. Maybe there are those here or those listening that have a heart and a, and a call and assignment to go into this realm. Uh, how can they get connected with you? Um, we have a website, uh, Hope Initiative. I can't even think. Hopeinit.org. I'm going blank. Um, we have a Facebook page, Hope Initiative. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we are always looking for monthly supporters. Um, we, on a, a side note, we have a coffee shop, and um, there's just been crazy. God is just there's just favor on that, and uh, we dedicate a percentage of the proceeds of the coffee shop to help with Hope Initiative because it is a very expensive ministry with counseling services. Like I, um, I, um, I'm there. I love the girls, but they need counselors. And on another side, now I just have to share this real quick little tidbit. But I needed a counselor amazing Christian counselor, I got an email one day that said, you've been on my to-do list for a year. (laughs) I didn't know her. I didn't know her. And she said, I have been wanting to reach out to you for a year. And um, so we met for coffee and it turns out she has, I don't know if you've heard of Courage House here. She's done a lot of counseling with Courage House. She helped start the one in Tanzania, the home in Tanzania. She's an amazing woman that's on our team. And, And that's I mean, counseling services is a big part of what we do. Um, and um, so we're always looking for monthly supporters. <laughs> wow, I'm speechless. I'm just, you know, um, we are so thankful. You know, uh, church, I just, uh, I feel just uh, compelled right now. And then Lori's going to come back in a little bit and we're going to do uh, some um, release of the breakthrough. Uh, I'm a preacher. I'm never usually lost for words. And um, this is interesting because I just feel, I feel his presence and his love. But one of the conversations we could start having as a church is what beliefs do we carry within our church 
that are not the Father's heart that make us unsafe to the world. Wow. And, I, and I think if anything, just, just you know, um, Jessica, you, you're saying you feel safe. Like that, more than, more than anything, is what the church was meant to be. And so what dialogues and conversations can we have? Because I, just being on the college campus even for the, that many years of, and just seeing even some of the questions, I know it's at a different level. People are looking for a safe place, but they're looking for a safe place where they're safe people. And what do we need to do to become safe people? And some of it is a deconstruction of some of our beliefs that make us not safe, that we're never the Father's heart. And so I would like to leave us with that just thought process and thinking, how can we have some of these dialogues and conversations? And I love what Lance and Lori did. So many times we wait for the world to come to the church, but they actually went into the darkness to bring light. And what do we need to do that? And not be afraid, like, hey, we're going to go to the bar because we got invited by somebody, and we're not worried about our reputation, what people are going to think, because we know why we're there. And I just love that. We just applaud you. And uh, uh, Jessica, there's many that are going to have their chains broken because of your yes. And girl, you are powerful, and uh, you carry such a sweet spirit with you, girl, that I, I just keep seeing just this numbers behind you of just people that will have the story that their chains were broken because of your yes. And thank you for saying yes, and thank you for being here today. Thank you, guys. Would you guys give it up for uh, Lori? Let's go today. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode and interview with Lori Kaufman. If this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help us to extend our reach? Thank you once again for listening to today's show. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Ezra Gonzalez. We are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.